This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 273. Emma Romano on Massive Action. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. So this week's guest on the program may have the record as to the person that I nagged enough and then uh, finally had on the program. Hey, it's Jason Lynette, and this week's episode has been one that's been a long time coming, as I've been respectfully nagging Emma to come on the program, and we finally connected and recorded what I know you're going to find to be a session with a ton of value in it. Emma comes from Melbourne in Australia, and she shares, first of all, an incredible story of at one point being told that she'd be confined to a wheelchair and, well, taking matters into her own hands and using hypnosis as part of the mechanism to take back control of her own life. So you're going to hear some of her personal story of what she has overcome, and then by modeling those results, creating powerful systems for change in terms of helping her clients to remove pain, to release stress, to get rid of mindsets of helplessness, and uh, as so many of us work on, helping to release anxiety. There's an incredible story in here in terms of, again, releasing beliefs and changing those emotional charges around old events, and really just a bare-bones, common-sense approach to the process of positive change and a whole discussion as to what issues Emma is working with right now. There's some cool topical things that we tend to address in this conversation, too, that, of course... Continuing our series talking about how hypnotists can continue to help their clients online, as many of us have moved our businesses, our practices to be virtual through way of online video conference, whether it's Zoom or Skype or whatever platforms that you choose. But I'll tell you one of the highlights for me is that this is a category of client that used to frustrate me, the client who would come in and just say, I'm stuck. And I share some of my principles in this conversation, but some of the ones that Emma mentions I might be using as well along the way. And she talks about an incredible way to build a massively valuable resource for your clients. And you can, of course, learn more about her and her business by checking out the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com, plus some really cool book references that we come around to in this conversation. While you're there too, please head over and check out hypnoformula. Com. As I look around, there are too many people in our industry who are currently struggling, and even worse, not just in response to the pandemic and everything going on, but more so just simply how to get started. So what I've recently done is I've put together just a quick 20-minute presentation that walks you through the exact steps that I did to get my business up and running. How do we present the value of what we do to our clients? How do we ethically present that and then have them come in and, well, pay for our services? You can get instant access to that free online workshop by heading to hypno, like the word hypnosis, but just take out the SOS, <laughs> hypnoformula.com. And again, we'll link to that over in the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com. And with that, let's jump directly into this week's action pack session. Well, speaking of action, here we go. Buckle up, colorful language. This one's fun. I love Emma. Here we go. Session number 273, Emma Romano on Massive Action. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2014. And it was one of the scariest times of my entire life. 
I went completely blind in my left eye very shortly after, about six weeks after I went numb down from my right hip to my toes. Then I was like numbing my hands and my face and heavily medicated for all the issues, ended up with a heart problem because of the medication. And then two really big things happened to me. You know, when you've got something like that, you're chronically fatigued, you have depression, you have anxiety, you have everything. Like you're just in constant fear. And two things happened to me that sort of made me get off my ass and really look at myself and learn how to self-heal. And that was I dropped my 18-month-old niece. I She was passed to me in my hands and I literally dropped her out of my, my arms. I couldn't, I had no feeling, no, because my, my arms, the, 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 the muscle in my arms would come and go and I would never quite know when. And thank God my husband was there and caught her and she was only inches from her head hitting a concrete step. There was that that I went, oh, no, I really, this is not working for me. And I was getting worse. I was, then my left foot started going numb. And at this stage, I hadn't worked for three months, couldn't drive a car, couldn't really do much, re- massively, you know, completely ha- black in my left eye from optic neuritis. And then the second thing that happened was I pride myself on being a mother. I love being a mum. My boys are now 17 and 18 and they are both hypnotherapists. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They're NLP practitioners and hypnotherapists from the ages of 14 and 15. And they, I remember my son was about 11 at the time and he just looked at me and when, when you have MS or when I had MS, I, I would kind of go from the bedroom to the couch, you know, bedroom to the city. And I was sitting on the couch and we were watching How to Train a Dragon. And he just looked at me and he went, Mommy, I love it when, you, when you're sick. And I was like, what the fuck? And he goes, yeah, you're still. And I was always one of those people who was extremely busy but not doing much. I was always doing stuff for other people and putting myself last. And, you know, no mm. wonder I got MS because I just, I had me down in the pecking order. I was literally below the guinea pigs that we had. So I was very blessed to actually have multiple sclerosis. And I know you're going to sit there and go, what? But i tell you why. I was going the normal way of medication and it works for some. It didn't work for my body at all. In fact, it was almost like a poison running through my body. And I was getting worse and worse very rapidly. And when I went back to the neurologist, because, you know, I dropped my niece and my son had said that, and I'm, I'm pleading with his guys, and when do I start getting better? Like, when can I go back to work? And he just said, you're actually going down really fast. And he said, you've probably got about six months. You'll be in a wheelchair. So that was in 2014, July. And to be honest, that's the last time I went back. So I just kind of went, not going to happen, mate. And um, walked out and I just, I had to make the decision then there. I, there, there was, I was only going to go two ways. I wanted to heal myself or I was going to kill myself. So the second option was the last option, thank goodness. So I wanted this massive journey, like this huge in journey to find a way to heal myself of MS, which kind of is weird for some people to hear that, but I... I knew innately that there was a reason why I had it and it was to teach me stuff. And especially when my son had said to me, mommy, I love it when you're sick, you're still, 
I knew then and there, I'm like, I have never been present in my life. Never. I've always been thinking about the past, worried about tomorrow. I have never been just still or, or, or felt safe just to be me. So one of the first things I did was gut health. And it was really good. Like I came off gluten and I was, you know, eating really great food and looking after myself and meditating. And I started getting the feeling back in my hands and my legs really actually quite quickly. Within three weeks of cleaning my gut health, I started to heal, which was bloody amazing, right? But I knew I was missing something. Anyway, I was sitting there praying one day and I said, because I'm not very good with subtle signs. I'm chatting to my angels and, my, and God and saying, guys, can you just send me something? I know I'm missing something. I, I need work on. Can you send me something and just make it really obvious? And back in the day, I was broke. My husband and I, we were working, you know, we were living paycheck to paycheck had two young boys and I went on, I don't know if you have it in America, but we have Groupon. Yes. Oh, you have it? Cool. Anyway, well, look, I was looking for a, a cheap date with my husband. So looking for a cheap date with my husband and then this thing came up and it was boom, learn hypnotherapy. And it was like an introduction for two and a half days. It was one of those ones. And I'm like, yeah. And it was like $60. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, just, I rang my mum. I said, hey, you know, Mama, do you want to come to this thing? And she goes, no, not really. And I said, well, I'm not going on my own, so you're definitely going. So she, <laughs> came, she came with me and I was very bl- I was still completely blind in my left eye, still some numbing in my hands and underneath my feet, but really, really getting good, really getting good. I was losing weight because I was a smoker, I was a drinker, I was eating all the wrong foods, I was extremely busy doing, you know, like nothing, busy doing nothing. And then, you know, when MS just knocked me on my butt and I did nothing. So I go after this this thing and he's talking about responsibility versus, you know, taking cause and effect, taking responsibility. Things may not be your fault, but they're definitely your responsibility and it resonated with me. With me. And then he started talking about the conscious and the unconscious mind. And I, think, I just remember this one thing out of the weekend, so profound, he said, whatever you believe in, your unconscious mind will prove you right. Hmm. And I had a massive belief system that the only time I'm allowed to be still is when I'm sick because then I don't feel guilty about it. So I had literally, that's when I knew, I was like, oh, my God, I actually gave myself MS. Thank God it was only multiple sclerosis and not a tumour or cancer or uh, an accident, you know, like paraplegic or something like that. It was that. And then he took us through some things, you know, when you stand there and you do the lemon test and, you know, the finger, the, the trigger finger and all that. And I was wowed by it. And he's gone, you know, you can learn from me and you can come in an NLP. I literally ran up to the, you know, the, the thing at the back, the table at the back and went, I'm in. <laughs> and it was quite amazing how how much pain emotionally I was actually in and how much I was trying to numb that pain. And I was trying to numb it so much, like with alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, all of that, that my body ended up being numb through the multiple sclerosis. And it was incredible how hypnosis can remove that pain so gently yet so quickly. It's instant. 
Because before that, I was seeing counsellors, psychologists, and I was going back and back and back once a week, every week, every week, every week, talking about the problem, talking about the problem, not coming away with any solution whatsoever. And that's when, so at the time, I'm, I've always been a secretary, like a receptionist and a tennis coach. So I was sitting there and I'm learning all this stuff and, and I'm, I'm getting some massive shifts and you know, the neurologist has gone, Emma, you know, you might for some reason be getting all the feeling back in your body, but you'll never get your eyesight back. And I went, bullshit, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going to do it. Because it seemed to me every hypnosis session I had that I removed guilt or I removed shame or I removed something, anger, anger was a massive one, all of a sudden I could feel my hand and I could feel my other foot and I'm like, hang on, there's something to this whole way we hold negative emotion in our bodies. Well, I found out that my left eye, because that's where the optic neuritis was, that was a whole lot of anger around my dear old dad. And literally when I let go of this anger, I couldn't see very well, but I could start seeing shapes. Mm -hmm. And then after, what, probably about three years, I've got 20-20 vision now, but it took me about three years to get that back. So I'm like, I'm a walking advertisement for how freaking amazing hypnosis and NLP is. Yeah. There, there's so much inside of what you just said there, though I'll share a story that I, I don't think I've ever really talked about. I've hinted at this on the podcast, mm. but the short version of it was at 17 years old, I was sick for like half of my junior year of high school. Mm. And the experience was that, you know, they were looking, it was back and forth between chronic fatigue, back and forth between mono and pneumonia. And the two of them hung out for the entire nine months that year. And they were about to diagnose chronic fatigue syndrome until the 17-year-old cynical brain heard that the diagnosis was based upon process of elimination, was how they phrased it to me. Well, you've got these symptoms, but it's not this or that. So if it's been this long, it's likely this. And the cynical brain kind of called BS on that. And I went, eh, or not. And it, like all the symptoms went away within the span of a week, which yes, these may be you know anecdotal uh, experiences of it. But I want to highlight inside of what you were just talking about was that, you know, this position of what I think Michael Elner used to call learned helplessness, that we became the diagnosis, we became the condition as opposed to let's go after these symptoms, let's go after the thinking around this, you know, and going after that belief system and getting specific into the guilt, into the anger. And one of my catchphrases is that of residual trance effects that, you know, by letting go of the anger, the eyesight started to come back. Or I forget yeah. the name of the book, but uh, the work of Bob Sarno about getting rid of anger and sadness, and suddenly the back pain was going away. That we really are that whole cohesive unit, and it's something as simple as, yes, doing the lemon test <laughs> is showing that mind and body are connected. Mm -hmm. And if we start to change that thinking, the physical body begins to respond in ways as well. Yeah, it just it blew my mind of how beautifully simple it can be. Yeah. You know, it's not actually, I mean, people think it's so complicated to heal from a dis-ease in the body. If you get rid of your negative emotions and work on your limiting beliefs around healing, the body has an innate ability to heal. In fact, if you cut yourself, it's really hard for that cut not to start healing instantly. The only way it can't heal is if we fuck it up. Mm-hmm. 
And if you keep holding these emotions and, and suppressing them and go, oh, no, it's fine, I'm not really angry about this or I don't have abandonment issues, and the great thing about hypnosis, it can take, it can take the charge out of that emotion from a past event so easily and beautifully. And then that just gives that body the absolute opportunity and the flow to heal. And, Which and- you just said, you, you know, sorry to branch off of something you just said there, that the phrasing was exactly right about taking the charge off of an event. That yeah. I think this is one of those factors that people need to highlight here, which is that it's not just about erasing the event. I was just recently working with a guy that everything we were, were doing was stemming from some events that happened nearly 30 years ago, yeah. which clearly, you know, on the phone talking about, well, we're not going to erase what happened because you know it happened. Yet as we took away the charge, suddenly he was opening up to what what else he was going through on at the time, what other things he's been holding on to as a response to that. And as soon as we kind of inoculated the emotional energy around that, now things are starting to open up, the relationship are improving and things are moving onward, which that's that's your story. Is there a story that comes to mind of working with a client and really doing that work to take away those limiting beliefs and those emotional charges. Is there a story yeah. of a client that comes to mind? Yeah. Yeah. I had a client, I, I've thousands of clients all over, but one particularly came to me. It's a very hard story actually to talk about or, or hear. And she, she was a 35-year-old beautiful woman, multimillionaire, six-year-old uh, son, and she had no recollection of 14 and under at the age of 35. None. I said, you don't remember your first day of high school? She goes, no, I didn't go to school until I was 14. So what happened was she was born into a cult Mm. and she was kind of passed around, not in a great way, literally from the days that she was born and she had no recollection. And I was absolutely terrified of, I, I, I didn't quite know what was going on, but I had an inkling intuitively that it wasn't, I didn't want her to actually remember anything. I didn't want to give her that, because you know when you once you remember something, once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? Yeah. And I, I didn't want her to be in trauma of it. She was already, her body was in massive fright and flight consistently, constantly. And it was because of her childhood. So what we did was I have my very own way of removing emotion. So what I do is I get a client to a light trance, like they're watching a movie. They talk through this process. And I asked them permission. Is your unconscious mind ready to release all anger or whatever emotion it is, anger from the past event that's no longer serving for you? But what I do is in the trance out, I talk really slowly and then in the actual part of the change, I speak super fast Mm -hmm. because it completely confuses them. And I get through that critical factor where they literally give up. And then when I ask them, what does the unconscious mind need to know? Because we all know the unconscious mind is keeping these emotions, these limiting beliefs, because once upon a time, it saved that child. You know, it's like the child that comes to you or that, that woman will come to you who's 30 and go, I'm shy. You're not born shy. Yeah. You, you develop shyness probably because you were yelled at, at a, you know, at a, at a cookout or something or a barbecue from your dad when you were two. So, oh, you know, I better be quiet now. And the next thing you're told, you're shy. And it saves you in some way, but it doesn't save you later on in life. And when you can ask that, you can ask the unconscious mind, do you give permission for this to go? Yes. Well, what do you need to know? 
What's the life lesson? Because you want to keep the life lesson so they don't keep repeating bad behavior or the same problem. So you ask, you know, what, what do you need to know? What's the life lesson? They'll give you the life lesson and you just keep saying, what else, what else, what else? Who are you without the problem? What are you doing without the problem? And that like, what? And the things they come up with and what I love is this, I don't even have to be clever. I don't have to say anything. <laughs> oh, you're speaking my language. <laughs> I can just, all I got to do is keep up with the handwriting and, and, and write it down. And then I've got another little two spots for you'll love this. So is it all hypnotherapists listening to this? They're going to love me after this. Do you want to hear a really top tip? Yeah. Right. So I discovered this really cool thing about the brain. Now, now that people are going to hear this, probably go, Emma, I've known this for years. Keep catch up. But look, okay, I'm going to say it. It's called the chordate nucleus. Your chordate nucleus in the brain is your filing system. So you know when you get a client and they go, I just want self-worth. And then you take them through a beautiful hypnosis. They're like, yay, I've got self-worth. And then they can come back and feel a little bit weird a month later and go, yeah, it's not quite working for me. What has to happen is they have to do an action because the chordate nucleus, only way, it's like a filing system. So if you've got an idea like, oh, Emma, you speak Japanese. Right now, my unconscious mind is looking at the filing system of the chordate nucleus and going, "Hun, the only two names, two words you know is sushi and konnichiwa. That's it. You don't speak that <laughs> at all. Get out of here, right? So then it's just, it's just wording I'm saying and that's it. If you get your client right in your session at the end of your hypnosis or any change that you make, whether it be NLP or anything, and you get them to a massive immediate action, they have a filing system in the chordate nucleus. So when they go home, it will be much easier for them to keep going with, with the new learnings. And another thing I do is all the words that I write down, that, that's their learnings from Timeline Reset, I get them to repeat them for 30 days because you want to change at a conscious, unconscious, and at a cellular level as well. You want to do all parts of the body, not just yeah. the unconscious or the, or the conscious. I'm a real believer of that. So if you've got, you've got memory in your cells and you've got some, some stupid amount of cells, like 7 trillion, 700 trillion, whatever, and they've all got a memory. So they die, it takes 30 days for cells to die off. So if you're repeating these great, you know, learnings that you've come up with, it's not an affirmation, it's a learning. You've, it's already been in your unconscious mind the whole time. You just had to unlock sadness or unlock fear or unlock anxiety or pain, and it's already there. They have massive immediate change. It's incredible. Which you're highlighting something there, which, you know, how do we produce change? And, and the answer to this is not even something relating to hypnosis, though we can model it and we can do it faster at times in hypnosis, that there's either repetition or intensity. So yes. we find our way into an issue sometimes because of intensity, but then it becomes something that's repeatable and that's how we get stuck inside of an issue, which this whole you know evidence-based movement, there's something I was quoting the other day. There was a study in terms of helping people out of drug and alcohol use. And in that study, yes, there was counseling. Yes, there was some sort of support work. But then it was backed up by seven weeks of hypnotic audio programs. <laughs> so yeah. looking at confidence, looking at anger release, and looking at general you know, stress relief. So the opportunity to now do that in a much more organic way based on their words, which I love that reframe of 
you know, it's not becoming an affirmation. It's really repeating these new learnings. And I love what you said earlier about, you know, not having to be clever, that people will find some of my demos on like YouTube and some of the things in the podcast and go, wow, the way you do it is so seamless. I'm like, yeah, but it's because I'm using the words the client has given me. I love that. I love that. Work smart was basically a reframing of the fact that it's just efficiency. It's about using their information. And when all else fails, ask, bring the client into the process. Because if we just assume, this is where I have to maybe censor myself. I did a training in 2017, and it seemed to just be the Australians in the group that seemed to be offended when I used the term, don't assume your client is just yogurt splattered in the chair. For some reason, the three Australians in the room didn't like that, but uh, really? it, it, went o- it went over well in 2019 uh, when I was out lucky, there. But lucky this Aussie's not boring, so it's all right. There you go. So it's about bringing them into the process, and the more yeah. interactive that work becomes, you know, that I don't expect to be, as Karen Han says, I don't expect to be the wizard who has all the right answers. To simply go inside, what has this problem been giving you? What does it inform you and what do you need to know as you release it? And I love what you said. Talk to me about talk to me about massive immediate action, because that's a huge theme that I think a lot of people are missing. The massive immediate action, you can't come up with yourself, right? It's gotta be for them because my massive immediate action might be so different compared to yours, right? So I say them, what is an action you can do right this minute to prove yourself that you've changed? And they'll go, Oh, I don't know. Get a massage? Well, no, you're sitting here, you can't get a massage right now. What is something you can do that's massive right now? Most of my clients, it will be this. I love it. It's two things. One, they'll do a live on Facebook and it'll be something like, hey, I'm doing this hypnotherapy. And then I just kind of go in the screen and go, it's Emma Romano, self-healing coach. (laughs) (laughs) Google me. (laughs) And they'll do something like, hey, I've now released all this bullshit and now I feel better about myself and I'm here to tell you you can feel amazing as well. Or the other thing is this, and this is huge because I've actually got this this protocol. It's called the Family Freedom Protocol. I'm so passionate about families and I'm sick to death of parents sending me their kids where it's not the kids who need fixing, it's the freaking parents, right? Yep. It is true. So I love going to families' homes or seeing the whole family on Zoom and helping the full family. I love it. Anyway, most of my other clients, they either do a live or they end up sending a beautiful text message to one of their kids. And in these text messages, a lot of it is about, I'm sorry I've loved you with such conditions. I love you just the way you are. Nice. And it is absolutely huge work. Or a wife might send it to their husband or, you know, or a mother. Or so. It is just such beautiful work. But when you're trying to have relationships and you are full of anger and sadness and hurt and fear and guilt and shame, and then you've got the limiting beliefs of I'm not worthy, I'm dumb, I'm ugly, how can you expect to have a beautiful relationship? You've got a relationship running on wound. So you need to clear it, you know, just for your own self. Just You just need to clear it and not with a pill either because that what that does is just numbs you. You need to go and get hypnotherapy or NLP or something like that. Well, what's cool about that is that too often people get caught up in thoughts that, uh, well, I'm thinking about it differently. And instead to bring in the thoughts, the feelings, 
And especially as you're saying here, and I did the same with actions, one of the questions that I'll often ask a client. So, okay, so now it's pretty clear what we're addressing, but let's go after the instant gratification here. What's going to be different? What are you going to be doing as early as today? That's going to tell you that this is working. And by the way, by asking that question, they completely write the session for you. <laughs> what's something 100%. you're going to be doing? Is what's that? Hundred percent. They do. Yeah. So, but it's getting that foot in the door. So here's the guy, for example, that I saw a few weeks ago. That it's this entire, as he put it, this entire country music song of everything that's wrong in his life. <laughs> and what's going to be different as early as today? And suddenly. You know, here's the carport that needs to be cleaned out. Here's the empty boxes that are sitting in his living room. And just to go, if I can see the floor and find my dining room table, that's going to tell me things are different. And indeed, that's where the session began, because that was what was going to give us that instant gratification that things were moving in that direction, which you can find hints of this theme in many sessions here, you know, back to the episode with Felix Economakis, that as much as he's the guy for selective eating, at the end of the day, they've got to change their actions and take responsibility for something to move forward. So I love what you said there about going live on Facebook. I especially love, and I've used this one too myself, about sending the text message, the email, making the phone call to the family member that mm. so often our clients are coming in and, well, here's what I grew up with and I want it to be different for my kids. But so cool to have that moment, take action there live in the space and already have that sort of foot in the door of that change. That's great. Yeah, it's real. I love the work that I do. I just, it's so fulfilling and it's beautiful. And can I just say, when does this go out? Because if anybody's telling me that they're not making money during the coronavirus, I'm going to call bullshit on it. <laughs> this is going to come out. See, we're recording on the 12th. We're going to put this one out on the 21st of May. Oh, okay, cool. Because as a hypnotherapist or, you know, we're, we're, we're natural healers and it is our duty to get out there and project what we do instead of sitting there being in fear of it. Yes. Because my belief is this, there's seven and a half billion people in this world and we all need help. I'm a hypnotherapist and I go to a hypnotherapist. Yes. You know, <laughs> stuff comes up and I, I want to be handheld and be nurtured. So it's such important work. It's such gentle, deep, profound work. It's beautiful. And there's such specific needs out there as well. Right. I mean, to look at, we, we were chatting just before we started recording that, you know, it's a slightly different market for me that I see a lot of business professionals with public speaking. Well, the being in public and speaking isn't happening so much right now, mm -hmm. but some of them are coming to me right now for the fact that their businesses are pivoting and they're avoiding the stress around that. And I kind of do a bit of an integrative approach on the business coaching as well as the actual hypnotherapeutic work at the same time. But it's just that it's a changing market. And as soon as one opportunity may slightly fade away for a little while, it becomes a different opportunity to address something else. So there's so many opportunities. What, what are you typically seeing clients for right now? Clients right now, I'm seeing a series of clients mostly, hmm, it's always different things. It's always been, I'm stuck. I don't have a purpose. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. It's not usually that. But right now I'm teaching a lot. Yeah. So I teach Family Freedom Protocol and I also teach Soul Business Alignment with my business partner, Shani Faye Chambers. And that is a lot of hypnotherapists. We're teaching them how to go online. And also, you know, you what you focus on is what you get 
And there's so many therapists out there who unfortunately have got very scarcity mindset and they go, they think that they can't see clients on Zoom or they can't see clients on the phone even, but you can. Yeah. There's no stopping you at all. You just I think now is you just got to implement really good payment plans. If people can't afford to pay you straight up, you've got to implement some kind of payment plan and get give people that support. Which again, there's so much there's so much flexibility to this, and we find ourselves in a in a great category that as the hypnotist, they've likely never come to one of us before. And even if they have, we all do it a little bit differently from one to the other. So we get to set the frame for what we do and we get to set the criteria along the way. And I think, you know, as we're we're launching this in May, this kind of adventure, um, and just stop privately calling it Corona Palooza in my head. Uh, (laughs) I think about the beer flu. (laughs) We'll take that as well. No, but (laughs) the time frame. the time frame for panic seemed to have been, and it's still, you know, a serious issue and having, you know, I, I do have to kind of crack down some time on some of the conspiracy theory stuff that's popping up online to go, yeah, talk to someone who's actually had it. Yeah. And it kind of changes the dialogue as I now know about two dozen people and a few who have passed from it, unfortunately. Really? And for, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. But to, well, it's the, the nature of knowing so many people in so many different industries and just yeah. having that foot in the door. But, you know, the time frame I'd say, and we did a whole series of like 10 episodes on the, on what, you know, the response to this. And as much as I said, okay, now we did 10 episodes and now it turned into, well, the episode that will have launched last week was me and Richard Nongard talking about mm-hmm. teaching online. And here we are talking about it still, because, hey, that's the year that we're in. But, uh, you know, the take on it becomes that the, the time frame of the initial panic, which was kind of well-earned because, oh, we haven't had this before to this degree, Yeah, is something that did need some sort of response. And now we're kind of settled into, oh, this shit still, where we're still kind of in it. And now it's the adaptation phase of going, you know, here's what we're up for. I don't, I'm not sure the exact news, but theoretically, the week that we're recording, the state of Virginia is opening back up, but I'm watching the numbers still being reported even higher every single day. And going, yeah, I think we're going to stick online for a while. Yeah. I think it's good though because you know what? I I see clients all over the world and I think this is forcing therapists to actually go, oh, hang on. If I have to see people on Zoom, why can't I, if I'm in America, why can't I see someone in England? Yeah, exactly. I had the same exact experience where here's someone who called up for something specifically for, which I've had a number of projects in the works and a full slate of clients already. So I've been referring out quite a bit that here was someone who called up for something in terms of IBS related symptoms. And it became, you know what, here's in one of my business groups that I run, Marion Spurgeon was posting something about that here. Everyone's local now call her Uh, local client calling up for working with a kid. And again, I'm in the midst of a project right now. You know what, here's Kelly T. Wood. She's on the West coast. So, you know, modify the hours to fit with her, but we're all local now. So the aspect of being the local business, I love it. Yeah. Which opens it up to go, here's the specialty that I want to work on, which I want to go back to a category that you brought up, which I've had a lot of success with, but I'll openly admit frustrated the hell out of me when I was first starting up the Mm -hmm. category of I'm stuck that a lot of my original training was connect to them with the desired outcome. But that stuck category of client tends to be one that they don't quite know what they want yet. So what what are some of your approaches of working with that stuck okay. clientele? You are going to love this. Are you ready for this? 
Oh yeah. I have, I have, <laughs> I have a theory. I'm a sucker for framing as well. And you just frame I, that perfectly. So go ahead. <laughs> now everyone is listening to this. Seriously, you need to get a pen and paper. Anybody who's stuck is massively in victim mode mm -hmm. of somebody else's action. I have a theory. Yeah. So I'm stuck and I'll say to them straight up, whose fault is it? They never say their own. They go mums or they'll say dad or teacher or my husband and I say this, how pissed off are you with them? It's literally you cannot even get, you can't break through them until they get rid of this one thing. And I'm going to tell you how to do it. You're going to love this, right? Wait, go back. What was the what was the initial question? So say they say they're stuck and I'll say yeah. to them, whose fault is it? That's great. And they go, so nine out of ten of them will blame somebody else. One out of ten might say themselves. That's great. It doesn't matter who it is. And then I say this, how fucked off are you about it? I go, 10 being a big problem, zero being no problem at all. And they go, 10. I go, do you want to get rid of it? And they go, sure. And I do a fuck you letter. So a fuck you letter, they have about two minutes, seven, two minutes, 70. Oh, that's good English. That's good math. Two, two minutes, 40 to write a fuck you letter. And every line has to start with fuck you to be fuck you, mum, for blah, 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 whatever, right? And then we burn it and we flush it down the toilet. Or if it's on Zoom, I say, go off, off you go, you go burn it. And they burn it. If they're in my rooms, I have a punching bag and we punch the punching bag and we scream and go, ah, fuck you! We, we like scream around, right? So much fun. And they're releasing it. They're releasing it consciously, unconsciously with the automatic writing at a cellular level and at a DNA level and at an energy level because they're like, ah, they're moving, there's movement, it's everything. It's amazing. You should see these people and what, if you do it, what you're going to do is this. You get a before and after photo. Get them to do a selfie. They literally look younger. And then the actual healing part is the second part. They have to write a thank you letter to that same person. Mm, nice. That is beautiful. And I love seeing this, especially when you've got someone who just hates their mom. She's done this. She's done that all my life. And then it gets them to flick it flips their view. Instead of just looking at these things that mum's shit, they start looking at mum in a very different way and they start thanking mum and the tears come and they're crying and it's beautiful. And then with that letter, I say two things, keep it or you bury it in the earth because we want good things to grow. So it's very symbolic. It's very kinesthetic, you know, because we're moving, we're doing things, they're not just sitting there. That fuck you letter, I do that when you know you just cannot break through a client, you're just like, dude, you're just sitting talking about the same stuff, you know, and I just do that. It's brilliant. So I, that's what I use for anyone who says I'm stuck, they get a fuck you letter. I love it. Thanks. That's what we like to call massive action. Massive <laughs> 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 action. Which, which again, I mean, to attach the action, which that can be, you know, modified for anyone's style, but to modify the fact that it's not just the thought and the releasing and, you know, yes, there's value to, okay, now take the images and turn them down to black and white, but now to attach it to some specific action where there, there's some bit of closure to that. And, you know, there's the end of that. And of course, I think we were chatting before we jumped on that I was going to a little bit of a, I wouldn't say tunnel, but a little bit of a productivity gap that I fell into the beginning of the year, which required 
kind of changing every one of my long-term outsourcers and just firing almost the entire team, except for the beautiful people at the Podcast Production Network. Thank you, Kate, who's listening to me right now. We kept them on board and and increased the production, actually, during that time frame. No, but recognizing that it was a time frame where... And this may not be something that I would have gone to a hypnotist for, but I probably would have got through it faster if I had. But you're right. As I go back to that event of kind of falling into things aren't moving because of this one person, things aren't moving because of this one person. And that was that victim mentality. And instead to go, well, here's what I can do about it. Here's how I can move forward. Here's what can happen as a result of it. And I even think to the fact of, you know, you brought it along to people in their business that so often people are playing that external blame game in terms of where they are. It's like, well, here's what's going on in the news right now. Here's what's happening in the economy. Okay, yeah, but what's your economy? You know, exactly. what, what market can you speak to right now that there's a definite need for? Oh, but my website designer can't do this. Okay, we'll fire them and find someone else, as I had to do recently as well. Yeah. So, you know, getting out of that victim mentality and instead towards action and you know, to kind of bring it full circle to your example, the thank you. Well, I've learned how to better communicate with a virtual staff. I've learned how to find the better tools to make stuff faster and work better and to recognize by reviewing and watching my own material myself once again going, oh, that's right. This needs to go out to a bigger audience. You mentioned the family freedom protocol. Can you chat about that for a bit? I love the family freedom. It's my it's my jam. Sorry. <laughs> it's my jam. The family freedom protocol is taking a either a one one client, because I believe every is part of the family, even if you're a crazy cat lady with a thousand cats or one cat, you're a family. And I'm very, very, very passionate about family. It's my highest value around families. And I just want I want families to stop surviving. I want families to start thriving. And my family, we were always in survival mode. And I mean in every way, not just money, but just we're very quite disconnected. And we thrive now. I'm amazing. We have an amazing life. And I want everyone to be able to do that. And I take clients through eight sessions. So there's two parts of it, the Family Freedom Protocol, which I teach as well, I teach online. I take you through eight sessions and it's using the conscious, the unconscious, my own process, timeline reset is in there. There's lots of energy work in there. There is also a whole forgiveness program in there, a whole inner child healing in there, and then looking at your life of what you want, your ideal day and so on. And then what I really love, I actually get flown all around Australia to do this and then see clients on Zoom in America and England. I will see a full family and I'll do about four to five hours in one day and I'll sit I love actually being able to sit in a family's home because I can see all their anchor points and their trigger points where they naturally will feel anxiety. Just walking past a spot where mum's kind of saying, have you done your homework? If they walk on that spot or stand there, you can see their their whole body, their whole physiology changes. And I can see how everyone's talking to each other. And it's incredible, the, the change. And what I love about... Doing the family freedom protocol is this. No one sits there and has a bitch about someone else. Mm-hmm. I do not agree that, I don't know, the 14-year-old sits there and goes, oh, my sister's a mole. Wow. I just don't think it's, I, I don't care, that there is no solution in the problem at all. So we get rid of the problem 
very, very easily. They write it down. We do certain processes. To, they, they can get rid of it. We do burnings. We run. We move our bodies. We do all that sort of stuff. It's great. We have about three hypnosis um, sessions in that, that time. But it, it's working with the whole being, the conscious, the unconscious, energy to soul and a DNA and a cellular level. And I just love that. It's so profound. And these families, and then I give them literally, I leave them with 21 tools. 21, exactly 21 tools to go, don't ring me until you've tried one of them at least three times. That's it. And they're set up literally for the rest of their lives with these 21 tools. I love it. So what are some of those tools out of curiosity? Straight get into responsibility, Mm -hmm. love languages, how people take, yeah, love languages, how the other person finds love and also how they process information. Is it visually? Is it auditory? Is it kinesthetically? Is it olfactory? Is it gustatory? It's like my son. My son's very auditory. So if I, and I'm very visual, if I sat there and I went, Jack, don't you just see what I'm trying to say? And he goes, no, I can't. Now I say, does that ring a bell to you? And he goes, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole, whole argument over and done with. Which is I, what's great about what you're talking about there is that you know, there's often this divide in people's minds around, okay, now I'm in the mode where I'm in my classroom and I'm teaching a hypnosis training. Meanwhile, here I'm in the other room and I'm with my client and now I'm doing the work. I do just like that so much education with my clients. I mean, there's a whole thing I've done around, you know, explaining the timeline and how if we're in a craving Mm -hmm. mode, we're in time. If we switch it to through time, now we can observe everything, you know, notice everything you were not yet noticing talking about the love language work or even have you read what's the other book by chapman uh when sorry isn't enough the no, one about apology. oh no, that's a great one the one about it's the sort of second layer of the love languages work but now the apology languages and how often there's that's a disconnect great. which that's 22 resources emma how's that now thanks dude thanks. there you go um <laughs> yeah, i teach them anchors i teach them how to get rid of an anchor i teach them pretty much to take responsibility of how to actually talk to their kids without yeah. whinging and whining and the kids, you know, there's, well, there's, there's 20, sorry, now 22, 22. <laughs> um, totally feeling that one. But, yeah, it's really profound work and it works and I love it and I love teaching it and I love doing it. It's my thing. Well, I mean, the whole formula is we were talking about the, you know, the specific region of the brain that as we can educate how it's working, as it's working, as we're doing it, that serves as another layer of hypnotic suggestion on top of the work. But now there's that conscious shingle to hang the change off of where now they understand it as opposed to just, well, she said some fancy things and I feel better. Yeah. And you know what? I also, I'm such a believer that, you know, as parents, you're a parent, we cannot parent the way our parents parented us. It's a different world. So parents right now are struggling because, if, you know, they got their mums and dads in their ears going, oh, back in my day, we didn't let them do this. And they're, they're full of judgment. They're full of fear. It's a different world. And I'm here just to let parents know, hey, guys, you're doing a really great job considering how about we just tweak some stuff, get rid of all your fears, get rid of all your negative emotions that you dragged up from the age of four and trying to parent with. Let's get rid of that and let's see how you go. Well, so often, yeah, so often the dialogue with a client is around, well, here's what I grew up with. Here's what I was raised with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so often the story of I'm going to do things differently. And that's what I loved about what you mentioned earlier about having the thank you letter 
yes. that that, that is that that is that pivotal moment where now they're grabbing a hold of the experiences as assets and now putting them to use mm. and then combining that with the massive action now there's actually something happening as a result of it as opposed to oh i can see that's different now yeah i think the way i work um to sum it up it's i i remove all the gunk and then yeah. replace it with the good well, I was listening for a uh, I was listening for a title as I often do. So from gunk to good, but I think we're going to go with massive action. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. <laughs> See the favorite the favorite named episode was we almost the one with Chris Thompson who works with Mike Mandel. He talked about his productivity of clearing away his junk mail in the morning, which was almost named Chris Johnson wakes up. Chris Thompson wakes up and looks at his junk, but we uh, decided to not go with that title. Mice men. Yeah. <laughs> this has been this has been fantastic. What I love about this is that, you know, to hear these strategies and hear some of the thinking around it, it's integrative with nearly any model of hypnosis. So to look yeah. at what someone's doing and one of my premises is always the more we can bring our client into the process, the better, as opposed to again, yogurt splattered in the chair hoping they absorb it. Instead, exactly. interactive experience and really checking in along the way and calibrating. You, you mentioned something earlier I want to kind of go back to as well about, you know, you talked about going back to the memory, you know, slowly through the emotion, but then rapidly going through the movie. Could you, could you elaborate on that? Yeah. So when I, I created this thing called Timeline Reset, it doesn't actually go back on your timeline at all. I don't know why I called it timeline reset at all, but it removes your negative emotion limiting beliefs in the most gentle but really deep way. And it's, it's excellent for PTSD and trauma. And the problem is with so many people with PTSD and trauma, if you take them back to the event, they, they, they start freaking out. So I wanted to be able to remove the, the trauma without going back to the event. So what I do is I, I take them to a, like a gentle trance because I don't want to go into a massive deep now because I want them to really talk through this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, now, you know, you can feel the light coming through your eyes, your head. It just goes down the body and they'll feel all lovely and everything. And then I go, now your unconscious mind will go as fast as I tell it to do. You're about to hit a, hit a door. You open up the door. There's three steps to go up the door. You're going fast. You're going fast. And I just go so fast. And you can see their eyes. So their eyes are closed. And their eyeballs are going left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down, through the critical factor. They're gone. They're done. So I know I'm bang. I'm really deep in their unconscious mind. It is so, such deep work. It's incredible. I like freak myself out sometimes (laughs) how freaking amazing it is. (laughs) (laughs) But kind of rapidly purging it out without having to do the old drag through the mud and, you know, what's happening now? What are you feeling? What's going on? And. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, I'm just going straight, straight away. I go, is your unconscious mind ready to release the sadness? They go, yeah, good. What's it need to know? Zip. <laughs> yep. And they go, oh, I don't need it. That's right. What else? And they go, oh, I can be happy. Yeah, good. Doing what? And they're like, everything, like good. And I'm writing it down. Mm-hmm. I'm just writing it down because they're their learnings. And at the end of it, I love it. They've got pages of it. And I go, you had all of this. This is not me. This is not my work. This, this is all, it was already there. We just had to take the lid off it all. It, the, the lid was maybe sadness or whatever. And another good top tip is you have a heap of jars. I have a heap of jars in my rooms and I might have the anger jar. And I just, the lid is the anger. Inside is all the goodness. And it's just an empty jar, but it's just a very good visual. I do a lot of visual stuff. 
because I see mm-hmm. a lot of children. So, and it's it's good for that. It's good for me too because I'm. Very- <laughs> Okay. Same yeah. as me. There's a lot of toys in the office. Yeah, yeah, lots of toys, a lot of props, a lot of toys. You know, I've got something that looks like the female brain. It's a whole lot of wires all caught up. I've got something that looks like the male brain, which is a whole little drawers. It's I've got all these little props that I just love. You know. Well, Emma, this has been fantastic. How can people find out more about your work? How can they get in contact with you? It's so easy. EmmaRomano.com.au website awesome. or yeah. email me at emma at emmaromano.com.au i'm all over it. friend me on facebook i'm like i do a lot of lives i'm really funny yes. <clears throat> thank you so <laughs> 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 i do do things very differently and it works so if you do want to know more about it if you want to have a chat with me i love as you can probably figure out i love talking yes so <laughs> I love talking. So yeah, always private message me if you want to or email me and I will love to have a chat with anyone. Well, this has been fantastic. Before we wrap it up, any final thoughts for the listeners out there? Just know that you have the innate ability to thrive. Stop s- searching for survival and start looking at the thrival. <laughs> See, I told you it was funny. Right, seriously, get out of that mentality that you're in competition or there's just not enough. There is so much and you just need to take off the lid. Thank you for listening to me. Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for sharing it on your social media streams and, of course, leaving your reviews online and even better, reaching out and connecting with the guests on this series. So definitely connect with Emma. She's got some amazing events coming up. You can find some details over at worksmarthypnosis.com on the show notes page. And once again, if you want to learn my hypnotic pricing formula, I've put this together in a free 20-minute workshop you can interact with on your own time. Head over to hypnoformula.com to get instant access to that entire presentation plus some cool resources that are associated with that event. Check it out, hypnoformula.com. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. 